0: A-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name, because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then EBLS Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. The Ebels story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines, but Ebels helps more than just migraines. From managing chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, EBLS is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels Having a herniated disc in my back. Whew. Coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is, until Ebles. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebles Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebles is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nickel Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS, the Brian Nichols Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Disc on applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, that is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who is getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and oh, our cool. typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Happy Friday, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Liberty or Lockdown? That's the question being raised by the Executive Director of the American Institute for Economic Research, one Jeffrey Tucker, and yes, friend of the show, returning here on The Brian Nichols Show. Jeffrey joins to discuss why, he, in his words, the lockdowns were not only brutal, but in fact evil, and should never, ever, ever be considered again as a means to not only stop the COVID-19 pandemic, but also to stop any pandemic in the future. An absolutely necessary conversation talking about not only the failed approach that we've had as we've approached the COVID-19 lockdowns and pandemic overall, but how there are in fact experts that we can trust as we look towards the science who are in fact pointing us in the right direction, namely focusing on that of the Great Barrington Declaration. So yes, we can trust the experts and point Towards the science so without further ado on to the show jeffrey tucker returning to the brian nichols show thanks so much for having me i'm glad to be back absolutely so glad to have you back jeffrey it's um it's a pleasure as always and uh, i i've been wanting to have you back in the show now first and foremost i have to apologize because i've had max gulker on the show far uh-huh. too many times uh in between since i last had you on the show all the way back in 2018 i had max i think four times between now and then so Cool. I, am, I am woefully apologizing to you because I haven't had you in the show nearly enough, um, but <laughs> I think right now uh, we need your expertise more than ever, Jeffrey, because right now we're sitting here, uh, what, seven months removed from the start of what was uh, an unprecedented literally shutting down of an entire economy in the United States uh, due to the COVID-19 uh lockdowns and restrictions. And you are the author of a brand new book available over on Amazon is Lockdown or Liberty. Um, And I am a huge fan. I I definitely, uh, I'm sorry, Liberty or Lockdown may get that right. And uh, I wanted to have you on because right now I think that is the argument, right? Is it going to be, a chance for us to have um, you know, a real conversation about the impacts of the lockdown. One of the points you make in the book, they're not scientific at all, um, and and in fact they're they're quite anti scientific. So let's kind of start here, Jeffrey. Introduce yourself uh, to a new audience because obviously it's been a while since you were last in the Brian Nichols show. Um, so introduce yourself to the audience, A I E R, and then we'll start out here, setting the stage of what uh, pushed you to write this book right now when it was so needed. Liberty or lockdown?
1: So, um, yeah, Jeffrey Tucker, the American Institute for Economic Research, the editorial director and uh, kind of builder of our editorial policy, something like that. And, um, uh, you yeah, know, I've worked here about about a little more than three years. And we have always been an evidence-based economics institute. We were founded in 1933 with a focus on preserving functioning markets and a functioning society. And so... Um, I'd like to write out about a million topics, you know, I'd like to write about it. I'll, I'll do uh, uh, movie reviews or, you know, talk about plumbing or, you know, just whatever. Yeah, I'm mostly a silly person and uh, I, liked, I like fun things. And, but the last seven months have not been fun. Um, but what's, what's interesting is that it turns out I've also been thinking about pandemics and, and their relationship to human liberty for about 15 years. So I've been writing about this topic for about 15 years, and what's striking to me is that this issue of like economics and public health, and per- particularly with the technical uh, problem of what do you do with, when a pathogen arrives, is, is something that libertarians, for the most part, don't think about, and, and they haven't thought about it. And this is why I think the, the, the libertarian so-called uh, community has been embarrassingly silent, uh, disgracefully so, um, actually, um, much to the, I would say, moral discredit of the the so-called liberty movement, that uh, it, it it almost f- fell silent in confusion and fear um, from 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 early uh, March onwards. <clears throat> so it's kind of been left to just a handful of of us to try to provide some clarity and a lot of history and a lot of cell biology. Uh, um, a lot of the authentic science that my mother knew but apparently nobody alive today understands it. other than a few since about early january and my my first blast on the issue was uh, january 27th because i knew for sure that the cdc had the power to to quarantine really shut down schools shut down businesses i knew they had the power i didn't believe they'd use it but i knew they had it and so i, I had a sense that it might be coming well another way to put it is that i was scandalized that the power exists And so I wrote about it. uh, January 27th is my first big article on on the COVID-19. And um, I didn't actually believe it was going to be deployed, but I was warning people that we shouldn't live in a world in which government claims that they can do this, right? I mean, that was basically what I said. And Mm -hmm. then I I concluded the article by saying, look, society can manage disease. We live amidst pathogens. Uh, We always have. Uh, For as long as human life has existed, we've so too have viruses in a in a kind of a dangerous ballet, and we've figured it out. Our our immune systems have figured it out, and we figured it out. We we know how to deal with this stuff. And and much to my shock, you know, uh, early March came, and there was this big panic at South by, about South by Southwest uh, in Austin, Texas. They shut the damn thing down. I was I was scandalized and outraged. I wrote a huge blast against it. I said, "Why are we following the China model?" That was March eighth. By March March twelfth, Trump had uh, uh, banned uh, uh, t- travel from from Europe, and China, and Australia and the UK to the US, which I didn't know a president had the power to do that. I still don't think he he does or, sh- or should. Um, the right to travel is a is a human right. And then by march 16th all the schools in the country with the exception of uh, south carolina uh, south dakota were were shut down actually south dakota even shut down for a couple weeks Mm. Uh, and god bless the governor right she wised up very quickly but but uh, and and then if you're going to shut down schools you have to shut down the businesses because people need to take care of the kids and if you're going to shut down uh the businesses then you have to shut down the malls and 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 so broadway closed and so the arts have been destroyed and 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 it's very strange, but even listening to your introduction, you know, like, oh, we shut down the entire con Like, I never imagined a time when I would hear those words uh, uh, yeah. on a podcast. It's, it still feels a little dystopian to me um, that Broadway's been shut down. We can't, I still can't. I live in Massachusetts, one of the most locked down states in the country. Can't go to the movies, um, and 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 New York is 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 wind swept. The, the 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 world's greatest enterprise and city has been utterly destroyed by two monsters, uh, De Blasio and and Governor Cuomo. These people are are, are, are absolute uh, dictators and have blood on their hands. And this has been going on unrelentingly. Um, t- t- to my to my to my shock to my astonishment, so every day that went by. I've been writing about this and I'm looking at the, the origins of it, looking at the history of it, looking at the pande- history of pandemics and liberty and trying to figure out how to basically, um, how to rescue civilization against the lockdowners. And and so really to me, it really does come down, whatever your politics it doesn't matter. I don't care if you support Trump or Biden. I don't even care about that shit. Um, you know, uh, you have to have a functioning society, a functioning market, in order to mitigate disease. There's no sense in which, and empirically this is true, lockdowns uh, do anything to control a virus. They don't, and that's what the science says. And we've known this um, f- for s- since since March at least. Well, I've always known it, but you know, I mean, like empirically, we've known this since since March. It's been March.
0: accepted, right?
1: And 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 for some reason, fear has invaded people's capacity to think rationally. Um, and you, your audience is is uh, enthusiastic libertarians. I mean, libertarians have been among the worst on this issue, but they're deeply, deeply confused um and 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 libertarians have devastated me because they can't even bother to look up a child's video on the immune system on youtube instead they spend all the time posting on facebook and twitter about how you should be willing to mask up and and buck up and and stay at home and and um under house arrest and be happy about it so you know it's been disgraceful um the most disgraceful period that in in many many generations of american history and global global history i think it's the worst global catastrophe and and recorded history actually
0: it's getting scary too because right now the the sentiment that's being echoed is trust the experts follow the science and and yet jeffrey to your point and you had a a very profound quote in liberty or lockdown you said this is not science this is brutality and and Mm -hmm. i that that struck me because that's that's exactly true there are there are quite literally, I mean, millions of, of well, let's not say kids, young, younger generation out there right now, who their lives are on a complete pause, indefinitely mm-hmm. and indiscriminately, mm-hmm. for no reason, it seems. And it's, it is it is right now, a, a in a lot of cases, a very formative time for, for kids to be able to, to interact with one another, to, to, to experience life. And yet they are being told that you cannot make calculated risks. You are not allowed to make calculated risks. And I'm mm-hmm. starting to see... A silent pushback of people saying, "No, en- enough of this." And I mean, in some yeah. cases, like I, I'm not sure, you know, in your experience, but I'm si- I'm seeing some people kind of taking the the step on their own, taking human action, if you will, and saying, "You know what? Like government mandate or not, I'm kind of done with the lockdown, and I think my community is done with it too."
1: What are your thoughts there? Well, the, the, those who have survived, I mean, what, you know, my my phone, my cell phone, has been a suicide hotline now for eight months. Uh, uh cdc did a survey of people under 25 one in four considered suicide you've had friends yourself that call you upset like i don't know what's wrong with me i'm going to a very dark place i'll tell you what went wrong you deny people their their essential uh, right to to move to travel to, to to choose to shape their future for themselves to choose a profession to do this and and you fundamentally disrupt the matrix in which suddenly uh your, whoever happens to be holding office at that moment becomes the health expert and is going to protect you from disease at the expense of your human rights and your dignity and your freedom. <coughs> yeah, that's why you start digging through the doors. Where did do I leave that gun? I'm telling you, it's evil. What they did to us is evil, and and uh, there's no excuse for it. Um, and, and it did nothing. Nothing. Not a single life saved. Not one. I mean, there's not any evidence that anybody's lives were saved. In fact, government intervention did exactly the opposite. Uh, Cuomo and these the other governors in the Northeast, in particular, it didn't happen in the South anywhere else, but in the Northeast, they shoved COVID-19 patients into long-term care facilities. In Connecticut alone, 80% of the deaths were from long-term care facilities. Typical, um, 82 is the average age of death. 80% were long-term care facilities. So um, this is a scandal for the ages. Uh, governments' governments' intervention actually slaughtered people unnecessarily. Now it's true that almost everybody who died uh, had very low life expectancy, but still, you'd rather go naturally than have uh, be poisoned by a government mandate. And that's what, actually what happened in the Northeast. It's a scandal. These people, I don't. know, there, there, there need to be some some sort of trials against against these governors. You know, for for everything that. Meanwhile. You know, artists, their their livelihoods have been smashed. They've been punished for having chosen to be singers, actors, uh, conductors, violinists.
0: Essential um, versus non-essential, of course. That's
1: right. That's right. And and speaking of, of essential versus non-essential, the hospitals in this country were completely emptied out to make room for COVID patients that never arrived. And so who didn't get served? Well, for three months in this country, we lived without dentistry. How about that? How about that for the 12th century? This actually happened. We would abolished dentistry for three to four months. Cancer screenings nil. Uh, vaccinations gone uh, with children, or at least massively diminished. I mean, we're, we're going to see a return of, of polio, measles, smallpox. It's all coming back because of these 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 monsters, these sadistic monsters, and what they did to us. And um, and 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 pe- pe- people, you, you want to call a surgery elective? All right is is breast cancer <clears throat> treatments is cancer treatment elective yes you know why because it's not life and death so so under government plans you couldn't even uh, get into the hospital if you didn't if you didn't have covid19
0: Wild. i mean so
1: Wild. this is a failure of central planning a scandal uh, for the ages and i'm afraid that that I used to think back in the summer or the spring. I thought when we look back at this time over a three-year moving average, we're going to see lower than average uh, um, um, excess deaths. Actually, that's not true. I think what is we're going to see higher uh, than than average excess deaths over over 2020 in, in particular, um, and it's a scandal. And it's not from COVID nineteen. It's from suicide. It's from uh, depression, drug overdoses, um, and opioid. Uh, abuse, and everything that happens when you rob people of dignity and freedom, um, you take away all meaning in life. You turn out the lights on the purpose of life. And that's what states all over the world have done over the last eight months. There should be no forgiveness, um, and there should be a strong lesson never again. Never again. Let these people do get away with what they did. And, it,
0: well, uh, and wild. It, really quick, it's wild. I was going to say really quick. What's wild is wild. that you exactly. see the you lacked, see uh the lag. lockdown argument right now, and and with the lockdown argument, it's it's really it's a non falsifiable argument. It's like, well, I'm sorry. The the lockdowns in in my argument is going to be that if we didn't have them, you're going to see more people die. And they can make the argument, but actually, to your point, and you make this in in the book, is that no, to the contrary, you're actually you, we we now have you know, verifiable data. We can look back empirical data that states that we actually, more people have now officially passed away as a result of the lockdowns, not just because, you know, this arbitrary, you know, we're going to save lives because we're putting the lockdowns in place. No, no, nay, we've actually done more harm than good. And actually, it's funny, I had Dan Mitchell on the show back in March and we made this exact uh, argument at the onset, the the economic impact of what was going to happen. I think right now, the number I just saw from, um, actually of all organizations, the AP, it was uh, 10,000 children um, dying per month right now due to starvation across the world, ten thousand per month. That's horrifying, and yet it's it's a natural consequence of a just a, again a central planning, top-down decision-making process that completely disrupted supply chains, completely disrupted food uh, food chains, and it, now we're we're starting to see the long-term ramifications of this. And it's it's sadly, Jeffrey, it's impacting real people, and it's it's ending with people's lives and. I'm, I'm hope, I'm hoping that there is a group of people who, again, to your point, never again, we're not, we're not doing this again, we're not going to have our ability to to live our lives dictated on high. And yet, right now, we're seeing as we go towards the presidential election, we have Two candidates, one candidate who was touting that they locked down uh, the the country in March and just in time when they shut down travel from China being in one President Trump. And then another candidate in Joe Biden, along with Kamala Harris, saying that, well, no, they didn't go far enough. So I'm I'm a little apprehensive looking at, well, this is what we're given as options for our quote unquote leadership is the American people being uh, given a choice right now of leadership that does not at all reflect what the true sentiments and desires of the actual populace
1: are? Well, I don't entirely know what people think today, but what I've seen emerge over the last several months is a growing movement of people fed up. And I don't mean libertarians or left and right. It's like everybody, you know? It's like, why did this happen to us? They're suppressing the information, right? I mean, as it comes out, just to show you how naive I am. Um, I was, I was very aware of the demographics of death, you know, around the world, average age 82. In the United States, it's it's 80, uh, the age of death from COVID. 94% of whom had comorbidities, only 6% of whom actually died of COVID-19 itself. At least if you believe these PCR tests, which themselves are uh, highly suspect. So, um, when you look at it, and also in, in terms of the infection fatality rate, it's falling, 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 falling. So, healthy under seventy, it's nowhere close to the risk you have from dying from seasonal flu. No more close. Um, far, far less. And um, uh, ab- above eighty, unhealthy. Yeah, it's it's it it gets pretty intense. But by intense, I mean it doesn't get above uh, one in ten. So like when Trump contracted COVID, I thought, all right, he's healthy as a horse. Um, he's 74. He's, he, uh, that gives him like, even if you just consider age alone, he, he, I knew for sure he had a 94% chance of survival, but also given that he doesn't drink, you know, he's, he's he doesn't smoke. And apparently has no other health problems. I knew for sure there it was, it was like a guarantee that he would get through it and he got through it and he learned about his immunities. Now he's on the warpath. So in a sense, God bless him for that. You know, um, I wish he would open up the embassies, open up the consulates, and open up travel. I mean, it's he still slightly like, sucks. And as you say, he's still taking credit for having saved lives, which is bullshit because pardon my language, by the way. <laughs> what is it about you that you, you caused me to curse? Sorry, um, I have that effect
0: sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um the the important the, the 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 reason that these these models, I'm gonna move my microphone a little bit around. The reason these models can claim that they save lives is that they are are Com- completely computer-generated, right? So you just, they're agent-based models. They, the New York Times on February 27th claimed that 6.6 million Americans would die without lockdowns. That was the New York Times. So, and how do they get, where do they get that crap from? Okay, these are agent-based models. They plug things in. They're homogeneous. Everybody's equally at risk to COVID. Here's the death rate. Boom, out comes your model. You go on, on the air and p- panic everybody. So the, the glorious New York Times the paper record, that's what they did to us February 27th. has sent the whole nation in, into a wild panic based on agent-based models that have no uh, relationship to reality whatsoever. All you have to do is introduce one condition, heterogeneity and risk, and the whole model falls apart. So that's why Trump's claiming to have saved 2 million lives. It's utter rot. Uh, we approach this entire thing, w- not with science, but with... Um, a bloodless modeling calculus uh, that was that, that by these, these crazy people, mainly physicists and computer scientists. Scientists, they've been modeling disease now for 15, even 20 years. They're waiting for their chance. And they've been, and they, they came to power in, on, uh, after 9 11, the George W. Bush administration. And they've been plotting this little uh, uh, social experiment now for, for a decade and a half. And it, finally, the time came. And it was like, all right, now's our chance. We're going to lock everybody down. They had a good time doing it, but there will be a price to pay. Um, uh, we thought it couldn't happen just because we had a constitution, we had a bill of rights and that sort of thing. The courts didn't protect us. You know why? Because they were shut down. So we've lived under dictatorship. I don't think we've liked it. And and I think we're going to have to come to terms with this as a, as a culture, as a society what's happened to us over the last seven months. And I think this gradual realization is going to dawn on people over the next year and there will be no forgiveness and there will be justice. I believe this, but the most important thing is that we never let it it happen again. And we recommit ourselves to social functioning and, and to human rights. That's, it's just absolutely essential.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I heard as the main arguments for the COVID lockdown just from the onset was that well, this is a novel virus. We don't know what we don't know, and and even now I'm seeing uh, folks saying, well, look at we we may have a couple of cases now. People getting it twice, um, and in this case it might be worse. But again, to your point, those cases are so few and far in between. It doesn't stand to to again to reason that that should be the answer to why we are shutting down the entire country the entire world in really again to going full circle i'm hoping that this does end up not happening again but i'm a little yeah. weary because i do look at some of the folks who are, are running and they are pro lockdown i mean kamala harris was on stage against mike pence and and she was pretty open to the idea of shutting down businesses again if True. she said she needed to right um and yep. and that's that's a little dystopian to hear that if i if we need to i was like no okay um but and who at decides
1: same, who decides she decides right? exactly
0: but like here we are there's people who they're saying yep absolutely i i am 100 agree what what do we do as a society how can we come to to live because this is one of the part the problems i think we have in society is that we have such conflicting views on how to approach different um topics so like in this case right a virus mask or no mask lockdown or no lockdown how do we come to live together as a society when you have such you know two polar opposite approaches to a problem that we're all going to have to face whether we like it or not
1: well it's not a problem for people to live in a society with different viewpoints um, that's what freedom is all about that's right <laughs> the problem is when you want to violate my rights um, then that's it's a, it's a serious issue and when you have a government apparatus there that's willing to do the uh, the, the bidding, of of the tyrants, which is essentially what happened, and um, I get that the politicians were scared uh, because they, were, you, as you say, it was a new virus. But you know what's interesting? Did you know this that every every virus is a new virus? Every new virus is a new virus. You know how yeah, it so works. There's nothing new about a new virus. You know it's just utterly ridiculous. Uh, there wasn't anything novel about a novel virus. Uh, every virus is, is is new, and and but we have modern medicine. And we've known since the early, first of all, we've known since 1918 that quarantining and, and, and compulsion doesn't work to mitigate disease. We've known that. Public health officials since 1918 have decried the evils of, of lockdowns and, and quarantines. We've known since something like the early 1930s about this very interesting um, medical phenomenon, or you could call it, call it mathematical, called herd immunity. We know, we know that Um, immunity comes from very different sources in the pharmaceutical definition, herd immunity achieves it at 70%, but once you add cross immunities and, 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 and T cells and everything else, you know, you can drive that herd immunity level down to, to, to 10% or or even uh, lower, which seems to be the case with this uh, coronavirus, Uh, contrary to the World Health Organization's announcement yesterday, by the way, you know, that, um, I'm speaking to you from the world epicenter of opposition to lockdowns. We released the Great Barrington Declaration um, this time uh, last week, and there's probably been five to ten thousand news stories about it. And uh, the Great Barrington Declaration shifted the World Health Organization's position on lockdowns. And can you touch on that really
0: quick too, Jeffrey really quickly, like a quick spark notes of what that is?
1: Great Banting Declaration was drafted by Martin Kuldorf professor of medicine at Harvard, Jay Bhattacharya, professor of epidemiology at Stanford, and Sunetra Gupta, uh, uh, a theoretical epidemiologist at Oxford University. They were here at the American Institute for Economic Research a week ago Friday. Uh, we held a, uh, a big conference on Saturday. It was filmed. We put it out to Two, two hours of film in which uh, David Zweig, New York Times uh, reporter, interviewed them, along with a few handful of others, and they drafted a statement th- that that decried the lockdowns and said what we need instead is an intelligent response to the disease in which we protect the vulnerable and let everybody else uh, function normally. So we can open up bars, restaurants, movie theaters, and mass sporting events, and everything else, so that these people can confer can acquire immunity and confer that immunity. Upon society, so that the people who are are protected from the disease can can then get out and and experience the benevolence that comes with um, with uh, herd immunity, and 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 society can just go on. That was the nature of the statement. These are t- three t- top epidemi- epidemiologists in the world, and they came here to to write this declaration, and they they did it, and it and it shifted the narrative. I mean, I'm. We're facing unrelenting attacks. I mean, you know, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Guardian, you know, it was like, my inbox all day today has been f- filled with with press um, demanding statements, you know, answers to this. Are we Coke funded You know, this kind of crap. Um, <laughs> but, you know, th- this is what we're dealing with here. But the important thing is that the statement did change the narrative and the White House changed its position. And the World Health Organization changed his position. But there's a split in, split in the World Health Organization between Nabarro on one hand and the chief on the other who shouldn't be there. He's a guy who covered up countless epidemics in his life. He's like a complete criminal. But um, so he, Nabarro has been good. And he said, and, and World Health Organization, in light of the Great Barrington Declaration, said all governments in the world need to immediately end lockdowns. All right. So that's the difference of the Great Barrington Declaration made and it's the first real dent in the lockdown narrative we've, we've seen in seven eight months this is a scandal on the other hand i'm glad uh, that we kuldorf bodhacharya and and gupta stepped up with tremendous moral courage and strength of character and scientific background sure. risks their whole lives and reputations to in defense of human rights prosperity at forget prosperity uh, normal social functioning to prevent starvation you know I mean, this, this, this is what these people did. So thank God for them, right? This is what, this is what you have to do. When, when, you're, when you're presented with evil all around you, you have to step up and take risks to, to decry it, real risks to your life and to your reputation, to, to stand up and say what's true. And they, they did this, and they are uh, the subject of slings and arrows from the entire world media right now uh which apparently loves lockdowns because it means we all sit in front of our television and watch them so they get ad revenue.
0: <laughs> How about that? It's like incentive structures are a real thing or something like that. <laughs> right. Well, you know, uh it's funny my wife and I just finished uh, a Harry Potter binge and there's one quote from the one and only Albus Dumbledore and he goes there is going to come a time where we must decide between what is easy and what is right. And I think right now thank goodness we have folks um you know leading the charge like like yourself uh, as well as as those three very brave doctors for the Barrington Declaration, because we need people to say what is right. Because right now there's too many people out there, and this is one thing I think is driving folks crazy. You look at people like Andrew Cuomo who will say, "We, you know, we we handled the the coronavirus great," and he's standing on a pile of thirty plus thousand bodies behind him. And people are, I think, people are craving some authenticity in somebody saying, "Hey, listen, maybe we messed up, and here maybe we, we need to, you know, reconsider." uh look at the things we learned at uh, along the way and and change course and, and that's what we're doing now and obviously we need more folks like you leading the chart and that's it's candidly why i wanted to have you on the show for the past 10 months basically um because i i knew that this was going to be one of the things that it, as we go on and on our argument is only going to be solidified and and it's just becoming more and more apparent today so with that being said uh, jeffrey Tucker, where can folks go ahead and follow you because obviously there's so much that's going to be coming out here over the next few months and with sure. the election less than a month away it's going to be going really I intense.
1: I, oh man. Right. Which is very interesting. That's the other thing about the, the, um, the, these doctors, you know, they knew they're entering into a political fray, but they had to tell the truth regardless. They're not, these are yeah. not political people. And I'm, I, I myself, you know, I have, you know, myself, I, I, I want to depoliticize society, not a political one. <laughs> exactly. So. But anyway, my Twitter feeds become wildly active. So yeah, Jeffrey A. Tucker, um, and um yeah picked up a lot of followers over the last uh, several weeks um, my, my book is liberty or lockdown it's got some very interesting i think historical details about um previous uh, experiences with pandemics and how a free society deals with them you know not through lockdowns but through disease mitigation relationships between patients and doctors and that sort of thing so anyway it's i, th- I think it's a. It's written in a white heat. It's a little, how should I say, different from my previous books, right? <laughs> but, but it's a little I, different I than Bourbon
0: for Breakfast. Just a little different. Yeah,
1: it's not Bourbon for Breakfast. not Bourbon for Breakfast, yeah. <laughs> but thanks so, so much, Brian, for having me on. It's nice to see you again.
0: All you cool cats and kittens, no, it's not Carol Baskins, but it is yours truly, Brian Nichols here on the Brian Nichols show. So, speaking of cool cats, before we get started with today's episode, I have to tell you about our fantastic new sponsor. That's right, you know him, you love him. It is our friends over at the Lions of Liberty podcast. Now, the Lions of Liberty is the greatest libertarian variety show on earth, featuring three unique shows with three unique hosts. Their flagship show on Mondays is hosted by a friend of our show, Mark Clare, featuring interviews with leaders in the libertarian movement, roundtable discussions, debates, and more. More recently, Mark's been focusing on personal development and self-growth, featuring some familiar names like, I don't know, Jason Stapleton or Gary Collins. Wednesdays feature Electric Liberty Land, a weekly shot of comedy, culture, and liberty hosted by the hilarious and acerbic Brian Nick Williams. And on Friday, we have Felony Friday, which is a weekly look at the broken criminal justice system hosted by John Odermatt, featuring inspiring stories from those who've overcome incredible injustice and adversity. So, head over to your favorite podcast catcher and hit that subscribe button to Lions of Liberty, and then let Mark and the rest of the pride know that Brian Nichols here at The Brian Nick Show set you All right, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with the one and only Jeffrey Tucker, executive director from the American Institute for Economic Research. Make sure you go ahead and buy his amazing book, Liberty or Lockdown. I cannot recommend it enough. It is such an important book in today's day and age, especially with all that's going on in the world. And I can guarantee there is going to be a a cry for more lockdowns in the future in the event that COVID-19 pandemic decides to make its head creep back into our narrative a little bit more this year. Don't let them let liberty or lockdown be your guide to helping fight the narrative that is, number one, 100% false, that the lockdowns actually accomplished anything, but number two, you can help fight the narrative that this is all about getting a haircut, that this is actually impacting real people's lives, from supply chains being disrupted to poverty rates skyrocketing, children who are suffering and starving. No, the lockdowns were not science. They continue not to be science, and as Jeffrey Tucker states, they are in fact brutal, and in many cases, evil. So, don't be afraid to stand up and speak truth. People are looking for it now more than ever. Do not be shamed. Do not be silenced. Be more like folks like Jeffrey Tucker. Speak what actually is happening. Help educate people, and that, what's the goal here of the Brian Nichols Show? Educate. Enlighten and inform. And hopefully you guys, you left this week feeling educated and enlightened and informed. You left a great episode here, yes, with Jeffrey Tucker. But did you miss the past two episodes here on the Brian Nichols Show? You had one Libertarian presidential candidate Dr. Joe Jorgensen joined the show here on Wednesday. And back on Monday, we had our friend Stephen Ignoramus from the wonderful Call Me Ignorant and Daily Ignoramus to discuss where libertarians lose the right. Two great episodes to wrap out. Three, the trifecta of episodes here this week on The Brian Nichols Show. And looking ahead to next week, what do you have in store? Friend of the show, Serene Artelianu returns as she is talking about not only her candidacy, yes, she is still running for president because she, one, is leading That of love. And I, I truly believe that that message is inspiring. I've had people actually reached out several times over asking to have her back on the show. So Serene joins the show to discuss more about how we can reach people on a more empathetic level and really have some long lasting conversations that will leave people feeling, yes, we libertarians, we're not just talking about things, we actually care about people. Also, I had the great conversation with friend Mark Walzek. Mark is a a great friend from the North Country, my neck of the woods, and he is an assemblyman up there in the great state of New York, serving the 116th River District, and uh, Mark, yes, is not only one of the good guys out there, but he's coming on the show to discuss how we can actually get some real checks and balances in government, some real solutions. Number one, looking at uh, breaking apart New York State's uh, really archaic Senate style, uh, giving which county one, you, uh, you, one state senator, that is, um, versus the, the system we have in place in New York now, but also... We focus on what the heck happened, uh, libertarians having to get 116,000 votes in order uh, from the presidential uh, candidate this year in order to be in the ballot next election. And that's for all third parties, so listen in uh, to hear Mark's take on that. And then, uh, yes, from Tiger King, Josh Dial, F the feds, that's right, Josh Dial, not Josh Dial. Uh, he's joining the show here to discuss uh, his experience being on uh, Tiger King, but also discussing uh, mental health. Uh, he, If you didn't uh, watch the show yet, watch the show uh, so you're better informed going into the episode next week, but Josh uh, experiences some pretty traumatic things uh, during the filming of the show uh, that led him to want to be an advocate for mental health. So we discuss mental health and uh, and how we can help change the stigma. So guys, lots of great shows coming up here on The Brian Nichols Show heading into next week. So make sure you subscribe. Do not miss a single episode. Find me, Show.com, Email me, Brian at Show.com, And follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, but more importantly, Minds.com and Parlor.com. Find me at B. Nichols Liberty. If you have not yet, do a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot, send me that five-star rating and review to my email, again, Brian at Brian Nichols Show, and you'll be entered into the amazing Ebles giveaway. They are our new, fantastic sponsor. If you have not checked them out yet, please go ahead and check out Ebles. I cannot vouch for them enough. And if you are interested in becoming a part of this sweepstakes giveaway... Five-star rating and review, right over on iTunes. It's all it takes, guys. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap up right here. It's been a fantastic week here of The Brian Nichols Show. Lots of great episodes coming down the pike as we head into next week and into the election. So with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Jeffrey Tucker from AIER. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.